Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is uh, the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, We together encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Sitting around this roundtable in our new studio in the pantry here at the church. (laughs) Surrounded by canned goods. Surrounded by dated canned goods. Smells like cardboard in here. (laughs) Cardboard, an old Christmas tree. Canned bread. A bunch of Operation Christmas Child stuff. Is... uh, Tim Michelangeli, Matt Bates, Scott Slater, and I am Spencer Snow. It's uh, good to be with you all. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Today we're continuing our study through uh, progressive Christianity. Uh, Last week we looked at the uh, commandment encouraging the personal search is more important than uh, group uniformity. Today, I'm assuming this is commandment eight, actually. Right, Scott? This is actually seven, and I think you read the wrong one. That was last, last week. Week's. I read yeah. last week's. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. yeah. And this week is uh, going to be uh, meeting actual needs is more important than maintaining institutions. Scott, do you want to lead us off with this? Sure. And so, obviously, again, implicit in this is institution refers to churches. Okay. And so, trying to maintain a church as opposed to meeting needs. This is, um, I guess, like the way you'd break this down most simply is when the church seems more interested in maintaining its bureaucracy and structures as a church over and above performing its mission. Mm. Uh, what is So you kind of get into the question of, well, what is the mission of the church? What is the church to be doing in this? And um, we've already talked about that a little bit in previous episodes of that uh, the idea of reconciliation. And under this, what he's also assuming is that the church's primary mission is is horizontal in nature helping people <laughs> <You okay? laughs> ran right into the microphone there's a microphone there golly <laughs> watch out it's because you raised it up yeah that's what he's assuming the church is supposed to be doing that the church is more concerned with people's relationship with other people and reconciling them vertically to one another or, i'm sorry horizontally to one another as opposed to recon- reconciling them vertically to god and the issues that he would point to are going to be things like pastors, it being revealed that some pastors and churches are very corrupt, stealing money, have crazy high salaries, um, are all about, like, seem like they're about uh, making their own personal brand over and above the church, getting big speaking engagements and meeting famous people. Um, issues of like how churches, this is a really big one right now, how churches handle issues of sexual abuse within their church. And sometimes the way that churches seem to handle those things, they're more interested in protecting themselves as the institution than they are of meeting needs of people, of real everyday people. Mm-hmm. Do, I mean, do you guys see that? Is, is this something that we actually should critique churches for? Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it is is there's a misunderstanding of what the institution is there for. Because part of the problem is is depending on what church and this happens to Catholic churches, Protestant churches, um, whatever title you want to give it, some churches view the institution and I'm gonna speak about uh, from probably from more of uh, churches in the evangelical strand 
the, the institution of the church exists actually to meet the needs of people salvifically and uh, to care for them. Um, it does not exist. And the problem happens is whenever a church starts to think the institution of the church is to primarily be a cultural influencer or to have good public relations or to um, draw people who are, they're viewing outside people as potential customers, basically. Mm -hmm. And so then what happens is, well, you do have to protect the institution because the goal of the institution is to draw people outside from in a customer driven way and to have good public relations and to have cultural influence rather than protect people um, inside even from abuse, which we would say is one of the functions of the church itself as a body is to protect hmm. the members, to keep them safe, to safeguard them. To we're supposed It's supposed to be the image is of a shepherd and the flock. We're there to keep the wolves away. That's why the institution exists. And so, but whenever we forget that, that that's actually why a very basic and essential reason why the church exists as an institution, then um, sin and, and abuse can take place. And I'm not saying it, it, it takes place in even churches that we would say overall are good churches. Um, sad things happen, but we hope they're being dealt with in a biblical and a just and righteous way. Um, so um, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling now, hearing myself talk through these headphones. <laughs> Well, <laughs> there you go. I heard that trombone. <laughs> um, I think where we see this some though is like I could see where people would get frustrated with the church because maybe they have such a big building and they got all their money wrapped up in their building and the way everything looks and and so they're always appealing to their people. We need we need to get some money because you know we got a mortgage payment and we got this and we got this and we got to keep this up. And we got to keep this up and it becomes where what is our focus? Mm-hmm. At some point, did the church get confused? where we built this structure, this institution so big, and we, we've basically become a business that just has to stay open. And so we're just trying to pay bills. And what are we actually doing? Are we actually meeting meeting needs? Mm-hmm. You know. And I would say it became pretty popular for a while to build buildings, right, to get bigger. Make sure you have a gym. Make sure you have this, 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 and this, this is what churches are doing. To, and they would say this is to reach people, which I hope that was the reason, but it's where they become so overcome by debt and different things that now the whole function is just to stay alive, just Mm -hmm. to stay afloat. And so there was a protection there of maybe we can't give to missions. Maybe we can't meet this ministry need because we have to meet this need of the, of the building. And so that stuff has to be weighed. I think as you, as a church decides to build or do different things Mm -hmm. uh, with their money, but I I can see where people would see that. Yeah. Right. And I honestly think that this is a, for this is honestly harder for larger churches like with bigger budgets yeah. that have a huge parking lot mm-hmm. that has to get paved. And, you know, you have to tell somebody, well, how much did it cost to pave that parking lot or to reseal mm-hmm. it? And they hear that and they say, why on earth? Like we could have used that money for something else. Mm-hmm. I think people get a little cynical. I'm not saying that doing those things is a bad thing, obviously, but I think this is a little harder for churches who are larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, to deal with and to answer questions for. And it honestly, it does become very easy as a larger church to become distracted with those things over and above the mission. Mm-hmm. And so I could see where people would uh, critique a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Makes sense. Yeah, I and mean, if you talk about like more recent things, what you, what you said, you know, where mm-hmm. you see abuse cases and it's, they've been pushed aside maybe or handled in a way that wasn't above reproach. Mm-hmm. 
and the reason behind it was, you know, most of the time we see the bigger, like you said, the bigger churches who face this, but most of the time it's, we don't want our influence to waver and this can cause it to waver. Right. And so then a church might actually even go to a victim and put more on them by saying, you can't let this get out. Don't you love the work that God is doing through us here? You know, and almost put a guilt saying you will stop all of this when in fact they're just the victim. I mean, they, you know, whatever it was, if they were abused in some way within the church from somebody, uh, instead of handling it the right way saying, well, this person was hurt here and what they deserve is for us to handle it correctly. We got to report it to the authorities and what happens happens. We'll deal with it. Yeah. Instead it's no, we need to protect what's going on here because it's so big. Um, almost that's the greater good. You know, we're going to let you go off to the side to protect the greater, the greater good here. And that's not, uh, always the best decision to do. Uh, and so sadly we've seen that. And so, to say that this is false, that that people are seeing, you know, we, we can't look at progressive Christianity as they say meeting actual needs is more important than maintaining institutions and say, you're not fair in saying that. And they are fair in saying that because mm-hmm. it definitely happens. Mm-hmm. It does. It definitely does happen. This is probably one of the critiques that I think, I think they have a lot of faulty assumptions, yeah. obviously in terms of what the mission of the church is. Mm-hmm. But I think they're actually kind of fair in this critique and in, in this commandment in, on some ways. Yeah, but it's it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's right, and it's like you can't do that. Yep. right. You got to have institutions. You got to have these in place because God has set them in His Word to have mm-hmm. churches and pastors and elders and teachers and leaders over people and meeting together regularly and all this stuff. So you definitely have mm-hmm. you definitely have these in place. So you can't just get rid of them. Um, you need to work to make those things better, and those are hard things. You know, when when uh, decisions come up within the life of the church of how to handle how to handle things well you know you mentioned money that is a hard thing to to determine you know is is it worth you know like here forever we've wanted a gym forever forever i've wanted i was promised a gym before i left middle school (laughs) by the pastors here seriously they said before you're out of eighth grade Mm -hmm. you'll be playing basketball in our gym still haven't dribbled the ball once in our gym (laughs) well out of eighth grade right and so we've always wanted that but now it's to the point, at least for me, like people will still say that sometimes. And it's, well, where we are now, you know, a gym would cost probably $3 million for a gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could always build a pole barn and put a basketball court in it. That would be less. I mean, there's a chance you could do that. But you have to ask those questions like, well, why? Why are we doing this? Do we see this as a as something vital for our church to be doing? Is this meeting is this meeting the mission of the church? Like Spencer kind of talked to, like what is our mission here? Um, and is this the best way to spend this much money, or could we do something better with it? Would we rather not have a gym and take three million dollars and you know help people who are in need or uh, pay for a missionary to serve for many years, probably his whole career? Mm-hmm. We could give money to this and reach many people somewhere, you know, or could we have another staff person or could we, there's like tons of questions that need to be thought through and make wise and make wise decisions. That's just on the money side. But then when you start talking about like, I feel for those churches who have faced some sexual abuse 
uh, in some situations. Cause I try to put myself in that situation where, you know, if somebody came to us and said, Hey, this happened, it happened in the nursery. Say, okay, what are we going to do? You know, because the fact of the matter is the people working in the nursery, we love the kids in the nursery. We love and the parents we love, like Mm -hmm. we love them all. And we, and there's actually a lot of trust in all of those things. And so it's like, want to believe you, but I also want to believe that that wouldn't happen here. Mm -hmm. I want to give this person the benefit of the doubt, right? I want to try to talk through this. And so how fast do you go to the authorities? Do you go right away? Oh, I just heard this. Go right away. And you cause this big scruff. This is the fear, right? You cause this big chaos and headache. And then you find out it wasn't true ever. Just a little bit of an investigation would have found this out. But I wanted to do the right thing. So I went straight to the police. Mm -hmm. You know, is that the wise thing to do? Or do I do a little bit of investigation? Is that the right thing? Oh, but then I find out, oh, I should have went to the police right away because this is bigger than I thought. There's so much that goes into those situations Mm -hmm. that make it very hard yeah that's one of the reasons why i I don't think that we have a perfect system in place here at our church but that's one of the reasons why i mean if you just think of it from the perspective of like the person working in the nursery or in the children's sunday school class if we have procedures and policies in place that we would call our child protection policies the reality is those are not just child protection policies. Mm-hmm. Those are policies that are meant to protect you mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. If you're not supposed to be in a room alone with children who are underage, that protects you. Because yeah. if the accusation ever comes up that you were, but there's another person that was there that's able to verify that this didn't happen, that's pr- that protects you from doing right. that. Or uh, if you, like for instance, we have our check-in system where a parent has to go type their kid's name in, label prints off. You're supposed to, when you go to pick up your child, show the pickup, quote-unquote, receipt that matches the label that's with the child. And so if somebody comes and accuses you of releasing the child to the wrong person who then did X, Y, Z that they weren't supposed to do, well, if if you're consistently following those policies, then it's a lot harder to be accused of that. And so while, yeah, we have things in place, doing as much as you can to do that following those things seems arbitrary ridiculous but they actually do protect you as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. but we're not just like we said concerned about protecting in the institution right it is about protecting the people Mm -hmm. like in this case it'd be children yeah yeah i think a lot of questions that come up in my mind with this particular stuff is you know how much is the church really called to do versus how much the church is doing and I think that's a val- valid question because today we expect a lot from churches that I don't know if it's really scriptural mandates of what the job of the church is. Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about what the role of the church is, but in my mind it's preaching the word, teaching the word, administering Lord's Supper, baptism, meeting together for worship. I mean, beyond that, I don't know if we're really called to do much more. It, it tells, as a it corporate says, congregation. Yeah, that's what I mean. As the institution. As the, the institution of the church. And yeah. I mean, you can go into other areas of Scripture where we're told, take care of orphans and widows, right? Um, help people in need. We see that with uh, even the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. you know. But that's that's more of an individual thing, I would say. Individual Christians should be doing that. But the churches took a lot of that stuff on to where... 
that becomes almost necessary to people in order for you to be a church. Are you doing these things? Um, and it's got to where church becomes very confusing. It becomes an institution where it's like all these different moving parts, uh, and you feel like you have to sustain all these moving parts. And that's not really a, a scriptural mandate for the church. I think that's important for us to remember and to know and to understand. I really think the future of the church in America is much smaller churches. I think the mega church thing is going to die out. I think that's going to fade away eventually. And it's going to be smaller churches just trying to be faithful to those few things that God has called them to. Because you're going to become more minority, be more marginalized probably, um, won't be as popular. And so buildings, you won't be able to pay. Churches just won't be able to pay anymore. They're not going to be able to pay their and keep up their budget. And so it's going to fall to the wayside. And what you'll see is it whittled down to the brass tacks of what it means to be a church. I mean, I, I definitely could see that. I don't know how many years I say the future, but it's just kind of what I what I think. I, mean, I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a lot of variables. Whenever I see this statement, um, what are the actual needs? Um, are we assuming that the church? as institution is to meet every single one of those actual needs. Cause there are actual needs like salvation <laughs> that we are to yeah. that God has entrusted that message. Mm -hmm. We are the, the pillar and the buttress of the truth. Um, so he has committed that to the church. Um, also, what does the word maintaining mean? Does that mean protecting? Does that mean uh, bureaucracy? Or does that mean the institution is doing what it's supposed to do, which we've already, like, you know, earlier, the church, one of the parts of the church is to protect the people within its realms, within its care. Mm -hmm. um, and also the word institutions, again, is so broad um, that you have to talk about churches or, I mean, certain ministries or are we talking denominations? What are we talking about? Again, because this is going to be more, uh, my point is, is in all of these things, there's so many nuances to all of those those things where um, that that to talk about this as a blanket statement would be would be very difficult. So if I was to talk to somebody who came up to me with this critique, I would have to know. I would want them to define each of those terms from where they're coming from, because I'm I'm assuming even a progressive Christian, there's going to be different people with different terms for each of those. What the actual needs are? What does the word maintaining mean? What's an institution? Because um, I just need to know what they're talking about, where each person is coming from, so I can specifically address what you're talking about. Because I can see a lot of of talking past one another mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, with with a with a with a person, and so understanding that, and then helping them hopefully see that at least what I see in the scripture similarly is that the church's mission is quite limited. But our as the institution, but our role as Christians is wide yeah. in mm -hmm. our in our vocations, right. um, and so we do meet actual you know uh, physical needs to the whole world in our vocations as neighbors, as workers in our families in the state, and in our families. Um, so I would hope to flesh that out with them. But I, as a blanket statement, this statement is really not that helpful because it doesn't let me specifically address your concerns. Um, 
as to whatever those may be, it's it's really hard to it's really jello like because yeah. it just goes right through your fingers as soon as you grab it. Yeah. You have a know. note here, Scott, that says what's being criticized is that the church only seems interested in maintaining its existence instead of contributing to solve the real world problems. Um We'd have to know what the real world problems are, but I think I know what they're talking about, like hunger, poverty, mm-hmm. uh, racism, things like this, yep. of which I would say it's not the church's job to solve those things. Yeah, uh, Individual Christians can help with these things, uh, and I think we should. And I see, I think we see that command in Scripture, to love your neighbor as yourself, right, and to care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, the different charity works that are out there are good, and it's good to be a part of that as a Christian, but that's not what the church the institute, if you want to say, the institution of the church is that's not what it's called to do. And mm-hmm. people say, "Well, the church is its members." Well, yeah, I get. I mean, no, I understand what's being said there. I understand what's being said there. But when we meet, when we meet together as the church meeting, right? What do we do? Like I said, we preach God's word, we teach God's word, we might sing some songs together in praise of God, and we worship God, and we do Lord's Supper together, and there's baptism. Those are the things that the church has been called to do and established to do. Those are the things that we hold on to that we can't let go. And then, yes, we encourage the members of the church as they live their daily lives to love your neighbor, which can be expressed in different ways from there. But if they're saying it's the church's job to solve real-world problems of hunger, poverty, these things, I would have to say as an institution that is not the church's job. Well, and also it's, I would hope that they could see that as an expression also of humility because I don't know that you want the institutional church trying to solve world <laughs> hunger. Yeah. We can't do that. Now, I know maybe there's individual Christians in their vocations mm-hmm. and through charitable work or through them individually giving to charitable work or through government work or whatever that is, they may be able to help there, but you don't want the institution of the local church trying to solve world. We're just not equipped to do that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's not our right. job. I mean, now, now as individuals, I want to be concerned right. about that, but that's not what yeah. this is. Just like Ford, I don't want Ford going around and trying to, um, I don't know, run the NFL Right, because they don't do a good job of running their NFL team. Oh, it's low blow. Okay, yeah. so I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, it, well, it you're t- from Missouri, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. My <laughs> NFL team is gone, yeah. and they've got your old quarterback. But I just think that that also is a level of humility, though, of acknowledging the fact that we're going to do what we're. I'm, I'm gonna, maybe this is arrogant. We're going to do what God's given us to do and what we're quote good at, mm-hmm. and but we we're gonna. That takes a level of humility to realize I can't solve all the world's problems. Sure. Um, which I don't know sometimes if the um, progressive Christians and the people out like that would be more um, uh, or whatever. They sometimes do. They are they're more ideologues. Really, they have an all-embracing worldview that they know how to solve every single problem. And Christians, we're not really we don't really have an ideology. We don't really think that. Um, we have a speci- the Bible gives us a specific plan to eliminate world hunger or a specific plan. Well, to- because our leader actually says that they'll always be with us. Right, right, right. So we're <laughs> not about solving Jesus this said. world's problem. But we do have the answer to the world's problem yeah. at its core. It's sin for the next world. Right. And yeah. so we have the, so I would say, you know, as churches, we would say, I am solving the real world problem right, right. is sin. I know you're saying it's hunger, it's this and that. I'm saying right. all of that is derived from sin. And I actually have the answer of how to solve that problem. His name is Jesus. Let me right. tell you about him. <laughs> right. And 
I think we would all agree if we could, if God and his grace would miraculously save everybody by his grace, a lot of those other world problems would be solved because individual Christians then would live how they are supposed to be living and would be doing these things. But I don't think that's going to happen. I I mean, again, scripturally, we see the poor will always be with you. Mm -hmm. You see these different things. Um, To come at it from a different side, I think what a lot of people like that would, that would want to be involved in say things like helping the poor and the needy, You know, I think that we would have to say, I mean, the mission of the church is to make disciples if you had to boil it down to that. So the things that you mentioned earlier, what is the church supposed to be doing? We are supposed to be teaching the word, gathering corporately. That's how we do what we've been commanded to do, those things. How does our service to the world around us get involved in that process? I think people that are good-hearted would say things like a food pantry, like that we're sitting in right now. <laughs> Things like a food pantry are part of that process because that's part of reaching out to people. That's part of trying to get to them and give them the answers of like, you know, this is a very corny way to say it, but like, you know, your real problem is not that you're hungry. The real problem you have is that you are a sinner in need of salvation. And so like all of those things that can be used, it's not the church's mission to solve world hunger. We use those things as opportunities to reach the lost uh, and to to bring them to Christ, and so all those are good, but they have their proper place, right? Because that's you, the problem. When it like loses you, its place. So, yeah. for instance, you've told me before. So we're sitting in our food pantry, which by and large has not very been used mm-hmm. a whole lot in the last several years, mm-hmm. uh, even prior to COVID. But from what I understand, the church before it moved to this location was in a more centralized location downtown where it was utilized all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And yep. so in that circumstance, the the situation made it to where it was more realistic and ideal to have a ministry like this because it actually would allow the church to interact with the community around that needed to hear the gospel. It was it was an effective tool. But trying to this trying to maintain something doesn't necessarily serve that mission necessarily if that makes sense. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, and and the problem that I see is I see churches who start doing food pantries, clothes closets, different things. They do all these ministries, I think, from a good place, but then that becomes their institution, Mm -hmm. and they don't want that to fail. And so what they give up on is the gospel Mm -hmm. because that will cause them to lose those ministries. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they're getting governmental aid help to, to be able to do these different things or the people who are giving to it, Right, and supplying it, if all of a sudden they take a stand on the gospel, they're probably going to lose a lot of that funding. Mm-hmm. But in their community, how they are known is they are known as the food closet church yeah, and as the closing or whatever or letting the homeless sleep there or whatever it might be. And so they start to build that institution up and neglect the gospel. Right. That's, to me, a big problem that I see And that's in where churches. when you have all those different programs that I think are started mostly from a a good heart, a Christian heart that wants to love those. When you focus all of your attention on that, if our goal is to make disciples, but all your, your focus is on that, like what you would call, I guess the initial contact with a lost person and you neglect the actual growth as a disciple, as a person that is a Christian, that's, you start to focus on maintaining like the food Mm -hmm. closet, as opposed to helping people grow in their faith that you already have here to where you end up with a bunch of, um, of infant type Christians 
that don't know what the mission is. Mm-hmm. The only mission they can think of is doing doing nice things. Yeah, so a big problem is as, as you increase social activity in the life of the church, normally what happens is you don't have volunteers stepping up to do all the work. You have paid staff who gets all this stuff added to them. And then what happens is they start neglecting actually what they are called to do in the body of Christ because the Bible tells us we're the body, right? Uh, the hand doesn't say to the foot, hey, I want to be a foot. No, you're the hand, right? And so we, we know this. Well, the Bible also says that in the church, God has placed pastors, teachers, leaders to oversee the church. And so churches do that. They have pastors. They have different leaders. Well, then what happens is as you take all these different social activities on, this gets onto the plate of those leaders who then are running it and are doing these different things. But then they start neglecting what they actually were called to do, which was to teach and to lead. And so to be in God's word and train. Then you get this thought within the life of the church is we pay them to do this stuff. We pay them to run the closet. We pay them to make sure that this is here. We, we're paying them to do this stuff. And then the people in the church stop doing what they're called to do, which is the actual ministry of the church, mm-hmm. which is to help the poor, to help the needy out there, to be ministering to their neighbors and their coworkers. They're not doing that because they say, well, my church does that. I'm a part of my church. You should go to the church and and they'll help you instead of them just helping their, you know. And so then it becomes totally flipped and so now you have a church that's not being fed well because their pastors aren't studying they're not actually preparing and in god's word like they're supposed to because they're trying to keep up the institutions Mm -hmm. that have been made and you have members who are lazy because to them the church does that work and they don't see themselves as the church it's the paid staff who does that Mm -hmm. and i think we've seen that i mean i think we see that happen all the time and we face the difficulties of that i would say even here to an extent at times we we feel that Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the big point that comes across in this commandment is that churches are not perfect, and they will make mistakes when it comes to maintaining the institution over over and above meeting people's needs. It is true that churches have dealt with situations and done things that have really hurt people Mm -hmm. and have done a lot of harm. And the best thing that we can do as a church, I think, is number one, try to protect ourselves. (laughs) That that sounds kind of counterproductive. (laughs) this point but protecting ourselves on the front end by establishing things like if this happens at our church this is how we will handle it uh making sure that accountability is in place if something like uh, an abuse case happens in a church being open and realistic and honest about the fact that that did happen and not try to cover it up but just deal with it i forgot who said it but just deal with it and walk through it and whatever happens happens you know and uh it, but recognizing, yeah, it's true that not every church is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because one church has made a mistake does not mean that every church mm-hmm. makes that same mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it's about time to play the outro music in a second. So there we go. Yeah. Okay. He's really right. feeling it. He yeah, I'm really it. feeling it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to KJLA. <laughs> Your voice. No missionary Baptist yeah. Church. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I guess we didn't even know. Our call, our call letters could be MMBC. Spencer has no idea M-M-B-C. what I have no idea. I just like talking. It's a good thing our outro music's like 30 seconds long. Right. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening very much. We hope you've enjoyed this. Take care. God bless.